Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, and my guest co-host here, Angel. How'd it do? Um, hopefully everybody had a good weekend. It's a marvelous Monday. Everybody's getting back to work, to the good old days. Um, a lot of things to talk about. Astro Spring Training, WBC is finally here. This coming week is the start. Wednesday is the start. We'll be talking about what games are going to be happening, what teams to be looking out for. But let's get started with the Astros, of course, because that's the most important thing on our list. And there's been some Astro notables happening. The Astros right now are 5-2-2. and two and two. This is weird because it sounds like a soccer standings <laughs> right there. But five wins, two ties, and two lost this spring. Of course, in spring training, you'll have ties now. Uh, regular games, I'm I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Of course, it's going to have that extra innings with the ghost runner on second, which is boohoo because I don't think nobody likes that, especially the old heads of baseball. But yeah, five, two, and two, though. That's a pretty good start for the Astros. Yeah, a lot of good things happen out there in, in spring training. Um, Astros had a few comeback from behind wins. Um, a big comeback against the Braves. They were down, I believe, 8 0, and then they ended up winning the game 11 to 8. But we've seen some Astros veterans go, uh, coming into a hot start. Like, for example, Kyle Tucker. Um, he's been hitting off the leadoff spot for a few games, except for this Sunday's game. He was in his fifth spot. I believe that's where we'll see him a little bit more often. Um, he was batting about four, 471 with eight hits, including a double and three ribbies. You know, is Tucker playing with something to prove? What do you think? I think he's just trying to prove to him, like to the Astros organization, hey, you should have been the first one to pay me instead of Jordan Alvarez. But I don't think he's that type of guy. But I understand that he wants to get paid that much money. I think he does deserve it. Um, like I said, I'm going to continue mentioning it. He's going to be a 30 for 30 guy, uh, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Possibly, I believe he could be a top five candidate too in the MVP race. But um, I mean, it's a good start. 471 into in the Astros spring training. I don't think he'll be playing any more spring training games because obviously they're going to be traveling him and Ryan Presley to Arizona for the first workout for the WBC, get them prepared and get them going to defend the country. But yeah, uh, maybe it's not something to prove, but he wants to kind of show the Astros, Hey, I want this amount of X money. I hope to see it. And I, I, I'm just hoping, you know, I'm showing myself to y'all that I'm that valuable instead of me testing free agency. I agree. And, and I think this like, the elimination of this shift is a big part of those uh, hits, finding a little bit more of those outfield grass. Um, did you see what the Red Sox did against Joey Gallo by putting that outfielder yeah. in that second uh, basement stop? So we'll probably see that a little bit more often as well. You know, Joey Gallo probably thought, oh, good, shift's gone and everything <laughs> like that. Ugh. Never. Next thing you know, he's having still that little shift there, but it's not considered a shift, which is very yeah. interesting about that part. Yeah, because the outfielder moves. Um, I think what most teams are doing is moving the center fielder to the – in place where the second baseman would be in mm -hmm. that shift. So, yeah. But the rule says only two infielders on each side. Doesn't say anything about the outfielders moving. So, that's a little loophole. Our two-way finally breaks the hit column against the Nationals. Um, before today's game, he was um, he was 0 for almost most of the games. He had, now he's 2 for 14. Um, he did have a RBI in that game. He's has striking out three times. But, you know, are, are we concerned about our two-way slow start? It's not a concern. I think, you know, you're just trying to get the rust off. That's why we have spring training games. Um, it's going to be a little bit more competitive for him when he goes and plays for Team Venezuela in the WBC. I think that would be good for him, though, because he's that type of guy that wants to get into regular season already form, ready to, you know, go to the postseason and do some damage. But, you know, of course, we got to focus on spring training. WBC, though, the rules are going to be different. They're, you know, they're still shifts. 
and there's no pitch clock and things like that. So I'm what I'm hoping for Altuve is to still adjust, like to pretend that there is a pitch clock over there in the WBC because you're going to have to get prepared when you come back to the regular season. Yeah, and it's all about mentality, like just how you're saying. So hopefully like, like he does go there like practicing as if it was like an actual major league game with the pitch clock. But Altuve has historically been a slow starter. So again, I agree with you. Like there's no room for concern or anything like that. Jose Abreu has been everyone in the lineup. I think I believe this spring training. Uh, today we did see him in the sixth spot against the Nationals. I think that's where he's normally going to be betting at because I know Dusty Baker likes having that lefty-righty mix-up. Um, he's on to a slow start, has two hits, with one and one is being a, like, a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think about him batting six? Like, do you like him there? Do you want him higher, lower? What do you think? I like it. I mean, it should be it could be, you know, flipped with him and Tucker in the five and six hole, but I mean Brady is gonna still get, you know, some ribbies in there. Of course, people are really underestimating his power, even though he's starting to age a lot and the power numbers weren't there last year. He still hits the ball off the bat, you know, with a lot of exit velocity and things like that. So I, I'm pretty sure we'll see him kind of switching in the five and six hole. But if he's in the six hole, I'm fine with it still because as long as he's continuing to bring in runs in for the Astros, I think it's not a problem. Yeah, I feel like he's taking over that Yuli role, you know, being that uh, reliable guy in the lower part of the lineup. Um, continuing, Jeremy Pena has three hits in 14 at bats this spring with a triple and two RBIs, you know, like a modest spring training. Um, yeah. I feel like we can't expect him to hit a home run every game, especially uh, especially coming off that a great war series performance but i do want to mention that we did see pena in the second spot today in the lineup um I, reporters asked see baker what he believe uh, you know if he he's thinks that yeah it was yeah. gonna be that two hole um but this is what he said he said if Bradley's in the lineup Bradley is our number two i know pena has been good but he ain't been good as long as Bradley. i mean what are you thinking about Dusty's comments? It could be kind of like a little motivation added for Jeremy Pena to be like, okay, you know, if you don't want me in that two spool, two hole spot, you know, it's gonna motivate me to hand that seven hole spot to pretend as that two hole. Because if you're saying you're gonna put Jose Abreu in the six hole, you got Jeremy Pena coming up in the seven hole. And, you know, I agree with Dusty. I mean, D- Michael Bradley's been doing this for a good while. He's been batting the second hole ever since he got with the Astros and even his times in Cleveland as well. He- he's a good contact hitter. I mean, you put Altuve in the top of the order, then you put Bradley. That's your one-two punch. You follow up with Bregman or Alvarez. I mean, it looks pretty solid to me that Bradley's that type of guy. You know, he'll hit gap to gap, line to line, um, little poke in, you know, in center, left, right. He's just a good contact hitter, and I think he could do that in the two-hole besides Pena being in that seven-hole. Pena's going to give you the contact, but he's going to also give you some power numbers compared to Michael Bradley. My only pushback is I feel like in the second spot, Pena, um, like I feel like he just threw the Pena a lot more, so he saw a lot more strikes mm-hmm. because he had that protection of Bregman and Alvarez behind us. Like, as a pitcher, who would you rather face? Like yeah. Pena, That's a good who's... Point. Like was a rookie last year, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to proven stars like Bregman or um or or Alvarez, and in that seventh spot, I mean, who does he have behind him? You have Chaz, who's again battled battled inconsistency, and Maldonado, who's more of a defensive catcher. It's yeah. just like I feel like he'll see more off speed pitches. Like and that's kind of been too. Everybody's like that's kind of almost his kryptonite. Everybody's been picking up on that. Uh, mainly the slider's yeah. been the Slider one away. that's been kicking his butt each and every time he comes up to the plate and a slider away, like you said. So, yeah, you do make a good point about that. But, I mean, 
the doctor's been doing it okay. for a good while, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Professional Hitter, all these nicknames that they've given him, you know, through his career in Major League Baseball. He only has one year in his contract. Of course, he's going to want to have that second ring just like Dusty Baker. So it'll be interesting just to follow and monitor that during the season because if Michael Brantley doesn't, you know, hit like the Astros were hoping, then you'll probably see Jeremy Pena go into that two home, bringing Brantley down. We'll just see what happens. I don't think Michael Brantley, too, is that type of player. He's a team player. Sure. You know, even when they talked about him playing first base and they're like, well, I'm just getting the reps just in case the team needs me. He has that team, um, you know, team commodity kind of guy. Yeah, speaking of Chaz, you know, like how we mentioned before, he has battled with inconsistency. And before spring training, he was saying he was trying to take a different approach, like see more pitches. And so far, it's paid off. He had, I mean, he only has two hits and seven at-bats, but one's a double. And he has walked four times, which is impressive, and striking out twice. So, I mean, I believe he's practicing what he preaches. Like, What do you think about his different approach? Yeah, it's a good approach, actually, because that not the hitting and the batting average isn't going to be mattering anymore. You know, now analytics and statistics and things like that have been the on-base percentage, the WOBA, and, you know, all these things that come into place because that's what's going to help you win games is as long as you're on base some way, either through a strikeout and a, you know, an air from the catcher throwing the ball over first, uh, getting that 10-pitch walk, that's all that matters. And it looks like it's been good for Chaz because he's, you know, last year he's done that with striking out a lot and – so far through these games, he's only stricken out twice, which yeah. is, I think it's a good improvement from him and his new approach that he's taken. For sure. And I feel like if he gets it going this year, I, I wouldn't be against putting McCormick in that ninth spot. Um, just so if he gets on base, you have, it, it, like if he's leading off and he gets on base, you have three chances to bring him in yeah. or even Altuve can, you know, make something happen or even at the yeah. top of the lineup. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we'll see a dusty move of leaving Chaz at eight though and yeah. Maldi at nine because that's always been like the type of thing that he's always done. You know, we talked about the notable players, you know, the Astros that we see each and every day at Minute Maid Park. Let's give some prospects. Let's, sure. you know, show them some love. They've been, you know, pretty good throughout this spring in West Palm Beach. The first of them all being Justin Durden. Big Justin Durden fan over here. Yeah. He's been doing good. He's been slashing the ball in them first three games. He was hitting two home runs. Well, in the six games, four for nine, batting average 444, two home runs, three ribbies. Um, you know, he looks like he's looking, trying to prove something that yeah. I'm in double A and triple A. He made that jump to triple A last year. He's looking, he's trying to make a push like, hey, I'm right here in the major league level. I think I could compete with these guys. Hey, just give me a chance. What do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like many people didn't know his name prior to this spring training. Nope. So I feel like he's trying to make a name for himself and prove himself, like how you were saying. Of that spot, I feel like everybody's mentioning him. Um, everybody's mentioning Myers and Chaz and you know, Dubon, but he's like, my, you know, my name's yeah, yeah, my name's give him name out there. But yeah, Justin Durden has been having a good spring training. Jacob Melton. Um, the second round pick from last year's draft, number six prospect on the Astros farm system. He's been hitting the ball way uh good lately. Four twenty nine, three for seven, three runs, three RBIs. Uh, has that contact. He could show some sneaky power here and there. But I mean, he he's looking good to a fabulous start right now. Drew Gilbert is coming from that injury from Fayetteville. They said he won't be ready for spring training, but he should be ready for the start of the regular season of minor league ball. But Jacob Melton. Doing a good job. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's putting the ball in, like he's putting the ball in play, making things happen. Um, his it, like his speed is is good for around the base. Like he has three runs coming in, so you know, a little single, 
down the gap, a little shallow ball. You can definitely try to make it home. Um, yeah, yeah, so now I'm going to talk about Corey Jones now. Three for 12. Um, he's been on the Astros farm system for, you know, a decent while. It's not that big. It's been about two or three years. U of H alum right there, go Cougs. Um, three runs, one home run that went over the monster. I mean, that was a big home run from him, two RBIs. So from these three players I've just listed, you know, having a good kind of start to spring training, which one has the best probability to get into the major league roster anytime soon this coming season? I mean, I would love for jokes to be in there. Um, just like you said, he is that U of H alum, that Houston guy. Um, but honestly, I think Jacob Mutz is making a pretty big case for himself. I feel well, like, um, yeah, he is like, I feel like one of the younger guys <laughs> out of the group, but I mean, I love his approach on the plate and I feel like seeing those major league, major league at bats, we can see like another up and riding star like Pena or uh, even Julio out there. Yeah, it could be a possibility. I th- I know Dana Brown's been mentioning Drew Gilbert a lot, but hey, Jacob Mellon too is trying to make a name for himself, trying to let him know, hey, yeah, you, you're professing over a Tennessee SEC player that has, you know, the SEC is a powerful uh, conference come to college baseball. But Drew Gilbert, too, playing in the Pac-12 with Oregon State Beavers. He went to the College World Series with that team that had gone out there with Adley Rutschman uh, during his time there. Yeah, you make a good point. I think Justin Durden, too, is a good player to just look out. He could be that guy to just come in for a couple games in the MLB level. I could see a potential start maybe in the midseason or later in the season. If somebody does get hurt, you know, knocking on wood, nothing happens to the guys. But I think he could be the next man up if the outfielders, like you were saying, with Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers. Um, even Dubon. Even Dubon as well. Dubon doesn't really get his stuff together. Um, Jordan could be that guy to come back up and not really come back up, but make that major league debut that he's always wanted to do. So we talked about the outfielder depth that we have here. How about some catchers? Backup catchers is the biggest thing right now. We don't know who's going to be that guy. We don't know if it's going to be Yanni or Diaz. We don't know who's going to be, uh, if Corey Lee's going to be that guy either. Another name that's been out there. And then we got some infield prospects. We got uh, David Hensley. Will Wagner has done pretty damn good, even with his bad 440. Uh, has made some great defensive plays at third. And then you got J.J. Marievich. Surprisingly batting a 444. I never had thought I would say that in my head or even on this podcast that J.J.'s been hitting pretty, pretty good. But from those guys, I mean, you got the backup role for first base. Uh, you're looking at J.J., David Hensley. Really, David Hensley is that utility guy that the Astros are going to look over from, you know, Led Miss Diaz being here. I think David Hensley is that going to be the next man up. So, I mean, who do you think? Who 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 goes where? And do you see anybody? I mean, do you see Will Wagner possibly making his MLB debut this coming year? Maybe as a, as a September call-up, I would say. Um, I feel like the, the Astros will rely more on Hensley and JJ just because they have that major league experience. Um, if you look at Hensley on the Astros website, he's actually listed listed as a left fielder. Yeah, so, um, like you said, like taking on that Diaz role, I feel like we'll see him more in the middle of the infield. I mean, he has played some games in first base, but I feel mm-hmm. like especially if JJ's bat holds up, I think he'll be the backup first baseman. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised seeing Hensley there. And there's nothing wrong with having – a lot of utility guys. Mauricio Dubon's a utility yeah. guy right now. You got David Hensley that's most likely going to be that utility guy. Like you were saying, he's listed as a left fielder, but Craig Biggio was working with him, you know, getting that range of motion from from a shortstop and second baseman perspective because in the middle infield, you're going to have to find a way to have range if you're going to be able to play them positions. 
and Craig Vigil was there first-handed helping him and, you know, giving him some defensive tips and things like that. That's going to make him a better player. But I think he'll be in that utility role in the infield, possibly make some starts in left field, like you said, because you got Brantley and you got Jordan Alvarez. Them two guys you really want to take care of. And yeah. if they need a day off, hey, David Hensley could plug in left field. I'm just saying it now. I'm I'm really shocked I'm going to say this, but I think J.J. does get that first base role because of the way he's been hitting. He also has major league experience, like you said. So I can see it happening. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Between Hunter Brown, but I think Hunter Brown will be that five. More, most likely is going to be between him and Urquidy. But, um, I mean, a solid, solid spring training from him so far. Yeah, he did give up that earned run. Nothing wrong about that. But giving away from that Rock the Baby, working quick with that pitch clock, too, he looks pretty comfortable to me, if you ask. No, for sure. I feel like he just took what he already did and just, like... Made it quicker. Made it quicker, right? So, yeah. I mean, off the stretch, obviously, you you can have that movement, but I feel like he still has, like, you know, little motions. I think he just, like, transferred that and, like, you know... Yeah. Let's make just it trying, him. Yeah, he's just trying to get used to it. So, uh, like, I know you were saying that it's between Arquiti and, Gar- and Garcia for that 3-4 spot, but who do you think is getting, I guess, that third spot? It's looking like Garcia right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, you could talk about Arquiti's stats in a minute, but I, right now it's looking like Garcia. Garcia looks pretty comfortable right now with his new delivery that he's been practicing for a good while. The pitch count, he's going to go, just like Rikki, they're going to go play for their countries. Pitch count's going to ramp up. We're, we're going to see from him and Rikki, you know, when they pitch from their respective countries to see who looks better. And I'm pretty sure Dusty Baker is going to be, you know, looking at that. Yeah, speaking of Rikki, uh, he had a rough start against the Braves. That was the comeback for the Astros when they were down 8-0. Um, in two innings of work, he allowed five hits, three runs, two and runs, and three strikeouts. And I feel like that's the thing with Urquidy. It's like when he gets going, he's he's on it. But when he starts allowing hits and like home runs, they just come in a multitude. So, I mean, hopefully once he goes to WBC, he can uh, find his range. Yeah, find yeah. his rhythm, fix something that he's been noticing, right? Because we do need him to step up, especially since McCullers is yeah done for a little, uh, for a while yeah a lot of stars are gonna have to step up, uh, step up this year you know from Hunter Brown to possibly Forrest Willie but Luis Garcia and Jose Urquidy have been there have done that World Series champions uh, Merkidi has the most wins out of a Mexican Mexican league born pitcher as well so I mean these guys know what they need to do they've practice they've had great off seasons of course Urquidy welcoming welcoming a new baby girl into this world so these guys are going to have a chip in, on their shoulder when they come back and play for the Astros, especially, you know, from the WBC is going to be challenging yeah. to begin with overall, but even more challenging when they get back to ramp up their work. For sure. Javier looked good. He pitched. Oh yeah. Uh, he's been doing good. Yeah. Ever since he got that contract extension, he's been a tear dude. He, yeah. he The LRFT looks like he's just ready to go into the regular season. Yeah. He's just dotting it up, up, up there in the play. He allowed a one hitter in two innings of work and striking out three. Yeah. Small sample size, but again, I'm not too worried about him coming up. He's shown, he's proven from, it doesn't matter if it's from the bullpen, from the starting row, he's yeah. there to strike people out and to get out. And I think he's done that sufficiently. You know? Yeah, he's been doing it consistently. I'm like, I'm with you on that. I'm not really too concerned. Hopefully the WBC, he has some success, but um, it's just going to be interesting to look at him too in the WBC. Look at his confidence, look at the pitch work. Fastest pitcher to, um, you know, work on that pitch clock. He's a quick pitcher just like McCullers, just like Framber. So I think he's going to benefit just like Urquidy as well, too. Oh, Framber looked good, too. Yeah. Pitched two innings of work. Um, 
I don't know exactly about the numbers, but I mean, he looks he he looks good. Yeah. He looks up good overall. He's ready to take. Yeah, he's he to me he's ready to take over that ace role. Yeah. You know, Justin Verlander's been there for a while. Framber's kind of gone under his wing, under Lance McCullers' ring, not ring wing. But I'm not too like him and Javier. I know they they look ready. They look ready. I'm not too worried. Um, just worried that they'll you know their health. That's the only yeah. thing you got to be worried about going to the WBC because your work. It's a little bit more intensive, the ramping of um, your pitch count, average and velocity and things like that. You got to come into play. I know uh, Josh Miller, that's the other pitching coach, the main uh, pitching coach I didn't get to mention. He's the one that's been talking with the coaches from the Dominican Republic to Team Mexico to Team Venezuela. He's been, you know, contacting them and, you know, making sure that their repertoire and everything like that stays good and, you know get ready for the regular season. Yeah, last year Astros had one of the best bullpens, and I feel like they can make a run for the money of uh, repeating that as well. Presley got a hold uh, yes, uh, yesterday, actually, Sunday, mm-hmm. and Nerys looked good. He's hasn't allowed a – I'm sorry, he's allowed one hit and only three innings pitch, no runs. I think Montero had one inning of work, I believe, and he yeah. looked good as well. Like, I'm excited for that. Yeah, the so. bullpen, I mean, the bullpen's been pretty good. I mean, that was the one thing the Astros kind of struggled, and that was the one thing I'm going to give credit to James Click on because when, you know, the Luno era was here, we weren't that strong, sophisticated bullpen that everybody was, like, ramping about, like, oh, man, this bullpen was good. Not like um, the Braves bullpen in 2021. That bullpen was lights out. But, I mean, the click era, yeah. the bullpen was the main priority. He went to get Phil Maton, Rafael Montero, and Kendall Graveman. These guys stepped up and helped out the Astros in that 2021 playoff run and the 2022 World Series. But, yeah, two real quick. Hunter Brown, uh, one star, one inning pitch, one hit, one run, run, one strikeout. He didn't do bad for his first start. I'm not too worried about him because, of course, he's not going into the WBC. So, spring training, it's going to give him that more repetition, more practice to get him going. Forrest Willie, on the other hand, I need to see more from him. He did bounce back from his first sound. The first sound wasn't looking too good. He had allowed two earned runs. I believe one of them was a home run, uh, 313 opponent batting average. That doesn't look good. So you're just hoping Forrest Willie kind of continues and proves that, you know, he is that guy that's going to take that big step, take that leap this coming year to do good for the Astros and, you know, hopefully make his major league debut because that's the only guy that's been from the draft from the Luna era that has not made yeah. their major league debut. Yeah, I mean, like, well, like you said, like Luna saw something in him. The pitching scout saw something in him. That's why he wasn't traded or like for a big move for a big veteran. Yeah, Dana Brown also had even told you know he called Forrest Willie to his office and he basically told him, "Hey, I'm gonna need you this year. And this is gonna be a big year for you. I believe he's basically giving him that motivation, that confidence, and that's what pitchers need in their mental side is to be able to pitch with confidence because if you're not pitching with confidence." you're not going to get nowhere in this game. So moving on to Ronel Blanco. That's a guy that not a lot of people have heard. Go look at his uh, winter league stats for the Dominican Republic. Like I said, this guy is a filthy pitcher. Lots of great movement with the slider, the changeup, fastball. My gosh, that velocity is good. But in two games, three innings pitched, only allowing two hits, six strikeouts. Six strikeouts. That's That's pretty high. Opponent batting average of 182. That is really good as well. Um, Of course, the be there for them just as a backup so you know we're moving on you know we're going to talk about dana brown's comments in spring training he was on astros radio uh yesterday's ball game but you know just to continue on the ronel blanco uh, snowball effect he said i want to stretch him out and possibly make him into a starter if not he could eat up two to three innings from the bullpen this guy right here 
if he doesn't become a starter, he's going to become another Christian Javier. When Christian Javier was in that bullpen, he had a lot of success. And during those times, look where Christian Javier is at now. He's a starting pitcher. And he's he's been a great starting pitcher. So I could see that with Ronel Blanco following kind of in the Christian Javier footsteps uh, to be a big impact in that bullpen that's already strong and dominant enough. Yeah, I feel like he'll be like our security blanket if like Hunter Brown struggles early on or, you know, if we need a six-man uh, rotation early on in the season. I think he can do it. I mean, he has the stuff. He's proven in, a, like you said, in the Dominican Winter League, like, he can do it, and I yeah, and I think like like there's a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, Daniel Brown even mentioned too about the pitching depth. He he loves pitching depth. Atlanta had a lot of pitching depth. Spencer Strider wasn't even going to be in the majors, and Daniel Brown kind of forced, um, you know, the GM for the Braves and Brian Snitker of the head coach for the Braves. Hey, we need this guy in this rotation because he has a lot of good stuff. And sure enough, I mean, almost he could have been a Cy Young. I'm pretty sure he was a top five or just under the top five for Cy Young award voting. Second runner-up on the NL Rookie of the Year from his teammate Michael Harris the third, so we could possibly see that with him and Ronel Blanco. Some injury updates too that Dana wanted to announce. He said Jordan Alvarez will take some swings, but possibly could be ready maybe by next weekend latest. So what do you think about that? I mean, that sounds kind of promising. You're hoping for the big man to come back before the season to get some hacks in, be ready, you know, for opening day, and that run we're gonna do for trying to defend our title when you know we're gonna need him big time no yeah i feel like it's a good step forward i know when he first got injured jordan said that it shouldn't affect him during the regular season that it was just some swelling that had come again so if he's starting to take swings i mean i like it when they get him ready for opening day um i don't think he's going to the wbc either so no he, he's not on the roster yeah so getting those at bats getting that working with the coaches i feel like just um bring them to speed but i mean I'm not too worried about Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, I mean I don't, like Dusty said, he played with a hurt hand. Yeah. I mean, he had that big bomb that turned the game upside down, things like yeah. that. So I'm not worried about, like you said, yeah. plus two, him and Jose Abreu. That Cuban connection is going to be sure. strong when all the other regular guys are going to be out there. Michael Brantley, speaking of Michael Brantley, Dana Brown said he will be ready maybe by opening day or a week into the season at worst. He has been taking some batting practice on the field. Games in March. Don't push it. Oh, yeah. There is no need to push him because we have a hundred something more games to play in this league. For sure. I agree. I mean, we got guys that can pick up the slack offensively. For example, Jordan's going to play there. Like you said, Hensley could possibly play there as well. I mean, we have the guys, we have the depth for that. Um, so, again, like you said, I agree with you where we don't want to rush him because, again, Michael Brandy is a professional hitter and I know he can do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd rather have him healthy throughout the season. Moving on to contract negotiations. Again, going back to Kyle Tucker, um, what was said is that we are still in communication with Casey Close, which is Kyle Tucker's agent. So what Dana Brown is saying is that um, we're still optimistic and we think we can get something done. I mean, I really hope so. I feel like he, a Tucker can be an Astro for a long time. I think he deserves to be an Astro for a long time. It's just if we're close to paying him what he like deserves this, and wants because that market's crazy. The market is just crazy. Like you said, crazy. I mean, you've already had... Manny Machado, you've had Rafael Devers, Aaron Judge. All these guys are testing free agency because they want that big money. And Kyle Tucker already has a ring. Yeah. If he doesn't want any more rings, if he wants to chase the bag, by all means, he's going to go chase that bag. He is the king. He's going to go sure. do that no matter what. But um, like he said, he's very optimistic. If he says he's optimistic, then, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling very, very good about it because Dana Brown has done that with Christian Javier when he said him – 
Tucker, and Valdez that he feels optimistic. He already got one done. I feel Valdez is going to get closer too. I feel like yeah. he's going to get signed quickly. But right now, I think it's going to be Kyle Tucker is going to be the hard one to get in that Astros uniform for a good while. For sure. And if uh, Dunderbun also said if nothing gets done during spring training, they're still going to be talking out throughout the regular season. So he said most likely in the regular season it'll probably get done. So we'll see what that most likely means. Hopefully it gets done. Like I said, it happened with Jordan Alvarez last year in the middle of the summer. Do you remember that? Yeah. It could happen right there with Kyle Tucker too. So if Kyle Tucker could sign that contract with the Astros, that window of championship is going to be here for a while. And we could probably claim a dynasty if we could pick up another championship this year and for the, you know, for the long run for the Astros. Exactly. And then from Valdez, um, the Astros are also in talks with him um, and his agent. And they're, they're again, optimistic that something will get done. I feel like how you were saying, I feel like Valdez's contract will be the easier one to get because pitchers, I feel like, yeah, pitchers get big, get paid big money, but it's like more of a risk. So some teams shy from paying pitchers a lot because again, that arm, you know, Gets tax gets tax over the, tax a lot over the years. So yeah, but you know, and I feel like hitters are up there for one job and hit the ball, so it's a lot more easier. So but I, I mean, defend. I mean, they got defend too yeah. as well. But, yeah, that's true. But Framber came off a season high of you know really a career high in two hundred plus innings. You know, he had a really great postseason, a good regular season, uh, broke an MLB record as well. First All Star. This guy deserves it. I, oh, yeah. I mean, he Everybody. needs to get signed with the Astros. I think, like I said, if he could get that contract extension, him and Javier are going to be that one-two punch for a good while, just how Verlander and Cole was. I could see that with Javier and Framber Valdez. That Platano power is going to be strong over there with the two Dominicans pitching a good, good rotation. So that was all for Astros Roundup. We're going to move on to around the league. And like I said, like I mentioned, the WBC is here. World Baseball Classic. It is finally here. It is starting this week. March 7 will be the first game when Cuba and the Netherlands square off at 10 p.m. Central Time. It will be broadcasted on FS1. March 8, and that's when we're going to see a lot more teams coming into play. Panama versus Chinese Taipei. 5 a.m. in the morning. So if you're heading to work at, you know, you're getting around, you're getting ready around 5 o'clock. Hey, turn it on on FS1. You're going to see it, you know, the first game in March 8th. Oh, are you getting those kids ready for school? <laughs> exactly. Panama and Chinese Taipei. It'll be a good one. Uh, Australia, South Korea at 9 p.m. Central. Panama is again playing that same day oh, wow. versus the Netherlands at 10 p.m., which is interesting to for see sure. Panama play twice in one day, one early in the morning and one at night. So if you just want to double check, you could go look at it on the World Baseball Classic online page that they have. There. Yeah, they have the schedule lined out. Notable teams that we'll, we're going to mention real quick. Japan plays on March 9th. That's when we'll see Shohei Otani and Yu Darvish and some notable uh, Japanese players that are playing the major league level. And then March 11th, that's when we're going to see more of the teams that I'm pretty sure the world is going to be looking at, just specifically, you know, United States people, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and Team USA will be making their first game on March 11th. So, just keep on the lookout. Like I said, if you want to look on for the game schedule, you, all you have to do is go on to worldbaseballclassic.com. They have the schedule left out, seeing where they're going to play. I know they're playing in Japan. Uh, Miami's one. Arizona's another one. I'm trying to think of the other facility that they're going to use, but I'm just it's not on the top of my head. But very excited to see the WBC coming to play now. 
yeah, a, a lot of great baseball playing around with those lineups are pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, notable names off the WBC. I feel like in the beginning there's so much excitement to join, but now you know things happen, injuries happen. Yeah. So, Vladdy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. withdrew from the DRS team due to knee inflammation. Again, he wow, wants to be ready a, for. That's a big tough though for the, that lineup because yeah, that's, that's a, a power. Of... That's a power hitter, runner up MVP. That. I mean that that's really tough for the DR for sure. Miguel Rojas also withdraws from Team Venezuela. This is going back to the Gavin Lux injury. Yeah, uh, he has to get ready to be that starter there. So yeah, Gavin, that was very tragic to see that because I mean that's a brutal. Injury. That was a tough injury to look at, but you know, like you're saying, Miguel Rojas is gonna have to play that shortstop for a good while until if the Dodgers look for a trade at the end of the day. But I mean, he won a go. Well, he didn't win a Gold Glove, but he was a finalist for the Gold Gold Glove for a good while last year. Nobly, he was that for shortstop. Yeah, and then the DR takes another big hit with Juan Soto, uh, possibly might miss. I mean, he's still undecided about that because he, he's dealing with calf soreness. But if I was the Padres, I'll tell him, hey, relax. Yeah, and they've been doing that approach with him. Bob Melvin had said, like, you know, hey, we don't want to have you go out there and try to play. Still, you know, we. The regular season is important. If it's, you know, it is very, you know, cool to play for the WBC, but Juan Soto's still young. I mean, if Joe Buck was still here, he would be telling us how old he'd he'd be still at this age. But um, yeah, if I'm Juan Soto too, I'm I'm not risking it. And you you yeah. gotta play 100 something 60 something games. That calf soreness could turn out to be a calf injury, and that injury is not a pretty one either. It could hurt for a good while. Yeah, and and I feel he has that money on the line coming up in a few years, so I mean, I feel sure. I feel like he would want to look out for that. Going back to spring training around the league as well, the Cubs threw a combined no-hitter in spring training versus the Padres. Oh, wow. So, you know, they used seven pitchers. They threw nine innings, no hits, five walks, and seven strikeouts. A few pitchers that contributed were Justin Steele, um, Javier Saad, Brad Boxberg, and other prospects. I mean, it sucks that it doesn't count, but, I mean, it's still pretty cool. I mean, it's still cool. I mean, I think it's it's an overly cool, but at the same time, too, you know, hey, you, you get Manny Machado playing two at-bats. Tatis two at bats, or some of these notable names are not even in the lineup. Like like Xander Bogarts, right now he's in the Netherlands already getting ready for the WBC. But Justin still being able to, you know, because he's going to be fighting for a starting rotation spot. Javier Assad as well. These Them two are Cubs notable starting players. Same thing as Brad Boxberger being in the bullpen, being that veteran. It's getting that ramp up for these guys. And, but it's still a cool thing to do is throw a no-hitter um, even though it was seven pitchers and even though it doesn't count. So that's it for around the league. And here comes what everybody's been waiting for, the segment of cap and no cap. So if you don't know what cap and no cap is, cap is that we're going to say we don't believe that take, whatever hot take you have given us. And no cap means, you know what, I do go want to go with that take. I do believe in that take. So people that don't know what that means, there's your understanding. But let's start it off. Todd at T. John's 2. His take was Yanier Diaz will be traded away in a package for another starting pitcher. Is that cap? No cap. I would say cap. I feel like if the Astros are going to trade any prospects, they'll start with the outfielder. I feel there's a lot of outfield death. Yeah, there's um, a lot. So I feel that's where they'll start. Um, I feel like Yanier Diaz is still too valuable for this uh, this team. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he went to the Futures game. He did pretty damn well in Triple He, I mean, he was in double and then made that jump to the Space Cowboys and then went to that jump from the major leagues. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Cap on that one, too. And plus, you could throw in Luke Berryhill, which he's been pretty good for the, the Corpus Christi hooks. And, I mean, he's a songwriter. I don't know if you <laughs> never heard his songs. Not bad at all. So, um, I'm, I'm going to go Cap with that one. 
Next up, we got Michael Barnes at Brochacho14. What, what a cool app name for Twitter <laughs> right there. Um, his take, Jordan will finish top three in MVP voting. Montero will take home the Reliever of the Year award. Astros will wrap up in the West at the second week of September. They will end up in their seventh consecutive AL Championship Series. What we're talking about, you, and what we're saying, cap, no cap, which ones? Say no cap. Uh, I feel like Jordan has the potential to be an MVP, and I just finished top three. I feel the Astros do win the AO Championship Series again. I feel that's a strong possibility. Uh, I feel reliever. I was, I'll say keep a lookout for Abreu, uh, making a name for the reliever of the world. Yeah. I'm gonna go no cap too. I mean, well, cap and no cap. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in the mix of that. I feel like I'll go no cap with Jordan finish top three because he did it, and I think he still wants to prove that. Hey, I should be in this MVP talk more often. I need to be number one or top three at least. So I'll go no cap on that. I'll call cap on the Montero one, bringing the home of reliever of the year award. Like you said, we have a lot of great relievers in that bullpen. I gotta see Brian Abreu making that reliever of the year more than anybody. But, I mean, that's a good one still. Montero's done really good. He got that new contract this past offseason after, after the World Series. He was the first Astro to get that yeah. contract extension from Jim Crane. People say underpaid, overpaid, but is what it is. I'll go no cap, too. Astros will wrap up the West at the second week of September. I miss that one. And yeah, um, that one's going to be I, – I agree with that because it's going to be a good run with the Mariners this yeah. time. The yeah, Mariners are going to be better. The pitching, they showed you. And I even said it when we we're talking about our postseason, um, you know, the beginning of the series, who do we want to face, either the White Sox or the Mariners? I wanted the Mar- uh, the White Sox. The Mariners are a good team. And I said that. I was like, the best team in this American League that's going to, you know, give us trouble is going to be the Mariners. And, I mean, through them three games, period. I mean, there were trouble. That first game, I don't know how we win that game without Jordan Alvarez. That second game, too, was a Jordan Alvarez game, getting that uh, go-ahead home run into the Crawford boxes against Luis Castillo. And then the third game, that could have gone either way, honestly. 18 innings, that's brutal for both you know, pitching staffs and teams as well because the next day you got to pitch somebody. And, I mean, and I'll go no cap on that and then no cap as well with Dashes going to their ALCS for the seventh consecutive year because this team is just too damn good. We got the bullpen. We got the starters. Like I said, knocking on wood that everything goes well for these guys, the lineup, uh, everybody healthy as well. So I will no cap on that. Next one is Will at I Am Rebel Pod. That is my other co-host. Of course, he's been busy lately, but you know, we he wanted to get the mention out there with Kevin No Cap. And his take is going to be the Astros Trey Tucker at the deadline for a robust package headline by a top five starting pitcher. I know why he said that. So let me go first on this one. I'm going to say cap, but I know why. Tucker is going to be a guy that's going to be hard to get that um, contract done. And if we don't find a way to get him, you know, going, I think the Braves too, with the same situation with Max Fried, if there's a, we can't find a way to get him that extension talk or give him that money that he wants, the Astros could potentially go after another you know, top five starter. But at the same time, too, he has two years of arbitration. So, I, I mean, I, I'm still going cap on that. There, there's no way we trade Tucker. Yeah, I'm going cap as well. Sorry, Will. Um, it's like if we, if we remove Tucker from that outfield spot, that lineup, who's going to be that guy? Yeah. So I feel like that. Drew, Drew Gilbert's not ready yet. Jacob yeah. Melton, too, still needs some time. Yeah. Um, I like the take, though. But, Will, come on now. <laughs> That's all cap right there. At Rob Fontenot. Rob Fontenot is one of the guys over there at Astros Baseball Podcast. If y'all haven't heard it, 
uh, before go take it listen on it. It's the fan side and network him and and Chad do a great job over there with their pod going on. A lot of good interviews too. A lot of guests they've had on. Um, so go give them a follow. Go give them a listen as well. But here's his takes. He says Justin Durter will make big league debut this season. Astros will win AL West again. No players win hardware besides the Gold Glove and the Silver Slugger. Angel, give me it. Which one? I'm in the middle. I'm between cap and no cap. Uh, I say cap on Justin Durden. Uh, I put it, yeah, he's been off to hot stars again. Still small sample size. Still early on in spring training. Um, I would like to see. I would like to see what he does a little bit more mm-hmm. in the middle of spring training. Once those guys actually like those stars get a little bit more work. Um, see what he does. Ashes will win the AOS again. I can see that happening. So Oh, definitely. I mean, sure. you know we're going to say that for sure. Yeah. And then the no players would win hardware besides Gold Glove and short uh, Silver Slugger. I want to say Cap, I feel like Hunter Brown can make a case for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Um, and, Or even uh, Ronel, um, Ronel Blanco. Ronel Blanco can make a case for that as well. Or uh, Again, how you were saying, Jordan could possibly be an MVP this year as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in the middle with that too. I'll go Kevin no cap with some things. Um, Justin Durden started off. I'll go no cap on this one. Really, I think if he continues to have a good spring training and he continues to slug the way he did uh, last year with Sugarland, there's a possibility this guy gets a call up in the midseason and makes his major league debut. You know, especially if what you call is not ready. I mean, not ready, but ain't performing at the way that they're hoping. Like Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick, which. I think those guys are going to do good. I'm hoping they do good. Instead of doing this platoon BS, I think Chaz McCormick deserves the nine, uh, deserves the eight spot over there in center. So I'll, I'll go no cap on that. No cap as well with the AO West again. These guys are too good. Mariners are going to make a run for their money, but I still think the Astros defend that still. And I'll go – well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go no cap with this one too. I'll go no cap the, all the way. No, 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 no. Take that back. Cap. Sorry, Rob. I got to go cap with this one. I think, like you said, Hunter Brown does have a case to maybe go rookie of the year. The Astros have had some finalists win rookie of the uh, not win rookie of the year, but in that play of talk, Alvarez has a potential to be the MVP this year. Tucker has the potential to be MVP this year. Framber Valdez, Christian Javier is a dark horse for the Cy Young as well. So these guys, I think they have a chance um, to get it. I, I mean, these guys have the stuff to do it as well. So I'll go Cav on this one. I think Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, them two, I believe they could win the MVP. And then Cy Young Award, I say Christian Javier and Framber Valdez. One of these guys are going to get it. Next one up, we got the Wizard King at Orin Vite. Um, Always been on Twitter. I've always seen him liking our stuff, retweeting our stuff. We appreciate your support out there. His take, David Hensley and Hunter Brown both end up in the hunt for Rookie of the Year. And Corey Lee solidifies himself as the backstop of the future. Well, we're going cap, no cap. I'll say cap again. Um, I feel like David Hensley takes more of a backup bro, so it'd be kind of hard for him to win uh-huh. uh, rookie of the year. I do agree with Hunter Brown, though, being up there for rookie of the year, like just how we were saying. I yeah. feel like out of all, all the rookie actors, I feel like he has the best chance of doing it. I, I'm going to call it right now. I feel like he starts off slow. But yeah, I feel, like, so? yeah I, feel, I feel like when like Hunter Brown starts up slow, maybe a, a few shaky starts, but I feel like throughout the season, he'll, he'll get it together. Um, Corley's, I agree with that. I agree with the Corley situation. I feel like he can learn a lot from Martin Maldonado, and then I feel like if he's hitting better, why not put... Why not have him yeah. in the backstop? Yeah, I mean, 
there, I mean, there's a lot of mixing for me on this one. David Hensley, I don't think he will end up in the hunt. Hunter Brown, like we said earlier, I think he does again in the hunt. Corey Lee, on the other hand, um, he does have the potential to be the, the backstop of the future. Astros, I'm, I mean, Maldonado, too, have opened up about coming back with the Astros. I'm pretty sure, though, he's going to be like Yuli. He's going to be another guy that wants to continue starting these games. And I think that's the tough part about it. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure what Corey Lee could um, solidify himself as the backstop of the future. So I mean, it's it's a tough one for me there. I'll go, I'll, I'll go cap on this one. I'm, I'm sorry, I do love Corey Lee. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, same thing as Yanier Diaz. But I, I just feel like if this connection that the Astros have still, like the pitching staff has with Maldonado still, I don't see Maldonado leaving until he does want to hang up them cleats. But then again, like. If Corley's scorching hot, I mean, you have to give him some at-bats. Well, yeah, I mean, but, too, that's when we came in with our takes of who gets the backstop, who's going to be that backup role between him and Diaz. I'm choosing Diaz because of the bat, even though Corey Lee has a strong bat as well. Our next one is Will Good Luck, you know, F. You can finish Fers. You can finish that rest of the sentence there. Y'all know what that means, at S-H-X-P-R. He said, we won't break 95 wins. Cap or no cap? You, you want me to answer that one? Okay. Um, I call cap. I think we go over 95 wins. We got to go, you know, we got to go over 95. We had no one expected us to have the best last year with 100 something plus. I mean, that was the second best in franchise history, the their record. And they brought back everybody back. Everybody is back. We got a better first baseman. No offense to all the Yuli stand guys out there, the fans and things like that. Jose Brady's way better. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that he's a great hitter and things like that the bullpen like i said is back the only thing we got to just continue looking and monitor at is that starting rotation we don't have justin verlander no more i don't even you know i'm not being biased here i don't think justin verlander is going to continue that same um season that he had last year with us so i i I gotta go cap on that one i'm sorry there i don't know i need more time to think now i want to say cap but and i I strongly believe that, but I feel like it's gonna be harder, mm-hmm. just because, like again, like you said, the Mariners got better. I feel like another team too to watch out is the Angels. You know yeah. they're healthy. You got Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon. They got good starting rotation too. They added Tyler Anderson from the off season, so I, I think they could be a sleeper for a wild card spot. Yeah. But yeah, not to mention those guys as well. Yeah, and even with the Rangers, I know they've been yeah that's a dumpster team. fire for a few for a few years now, but they did add the Grom. You know, they did have some guys that can help them win games. You almost know. signed a billion dollars yeah. worth of contracts for the past, you know, two off seasons that they had. But, I mean, yeah, just to mention that, Jacob deGrom, uh, Simeon, Corey Seager's not going to have the shift. And he was one of the top guys that hit into the yeah. shift last year. So, yeah, even the Rangers, too, are going to be a competitive team. That AL West, everybody sleeps on, really, yeah. because of the AL, the AL East talk is real out there, which I understand. That's a tough division itself. You know, you got the Orioles on the come up. You got the Toronto Blue Jays that are still good. Yankees are still good. Rays continue to stay good yeah. throughout their years, just like the Astros. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough division. Sure. And it's gonna, you know, we're gonna see all major league baseball yeah. teams this year for the season. It's gonna be all 30, well, 29 if yeah. you're not counting the Astros. Yeah. I think I was about to mention that next that uh, with the new schedule, we'll see the Mets, we'll see, you know, the Braves and other like 
Padres, Dodgers, all these good, good competitive yeah. teams basically that so, are going to be in the postseason. There'll be some World Series matchups for sure in the regular season. So again, I want to say yes. I believe that it's <laughs> it will win over ninety five wins, but it, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be difficult, but I could still see us getting over ninety five. I mean, this team is strong. The lineup strong. The bullpen, like I said, if our starting rotation continues to stay how it was last year, I have no problem going over ninety five. But Speaking of the change of the uh, teams, you know, I, I do want to mention I love that this coming season, being able to play all 29 baseball teams and even fans going out to these different ballparks to explore their um, options to see, you know, hey, which is the best ballpark? I know for sure Oracle has to be on top. Petco is another good one. I'm I'm being unbiased here. The Dodger Stadium is very nice, too. Being able to experience that last year was pretty cool. Have the palm trees and the mountains in the background. Our next one is Just Fans Podcast at Just Fans 22. Go give these guys a follow. These guys have been with us day one. They're really great guys. Um, three guys that talk about sports, know nothing a little about sports, as they say on their description. Give these guys a follow. They're awesome guys um, out there. Listen to their stuff as well. We'll also be with them uh, March, 14th, March 14th. So if you want to uh, miss that episode, we'll be on there. We'll talk some Astros baseball, even maybe some WBC talk as well. But let's get to their take. Hunter Brown will be a break a breakout star this season. The Astros will have at least another no-hitter this season. Let's go. Cab or no cab, what we're saying? I'll say no cab. I mean, again, I feel like Hunter Brown starts off slow. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, he pitched good. I feel like teams, like, yeah, they saw him in the minors, but they didn't have too much on him. Mm-hmm. Now, now with the video, you know, and all these, like, they'll figure out a little way to pitch to him. But again, baseball's a game of adjustments, so I feel like he'll adjust for that. And they actually have a no hitter. I mean, it's always hard to have a no hitter. No but... hitters are a difficult thing. Yeah, to do. we're luckily to have two last year for though. sure. So I would say cap on that one, but I, I would like to see it happen. Yeah, I, I'll follow the same approach. I do see breaking out a Hunter Brown. You know, the clone of Justin Verlander come out and break out this season. Like you said, we we think he's gonna be a potential Rookie of the Year candidate. I'll go cap on the other one though. I do want to see another hitter, like you said, a no hitter, like you said. But and I mean, it's. It's, it's very difficult to do. Uh, we're going to be, like we just said, we're going to be playing some tough opponents this year, playing all these new teams. And, you know, they're going to have a lot of great lineups and a lot of great players. Next one and our final one is Mauricio Rios at MRios281. He is a co-host on the Just Fans podcast. So go give him a follow. He's a cool guy as well. He said, Tuck is MVP and Astros go back to back. What are we saying right here? No cap. I feel like the Astros have the potential to go back to back. World Series champions Tuck with a non-shift. I feel like we've been talking about Jordan having an MVP type of season, but I feel like Tuck can have a breakthrough season as well. Again, because we're going back, money motivates guys sometimes. So I feel like, you know, tries to prove a point to the Astros or even other teams out there. It's like, hey, yeah, I, I'm I feel, that guy. I feel like he, too, is kind of being under the shadow of Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Not a lot of talk about Kyle Tucker because, too, of the shift and the, the numbers aren't strong with, with his batting average and things like that. But this guy, I mean, he's a... He's going to be winning a silver slugger soon. He already won a gold glove. He's going to win an MVP soon, I say, too. 30-30 club guy. Made his first all-star appearance last year. I could see it coming this year as well. So I'll go no cap on this one. Tucker does win the MVP at some point, sometime. I could feel like it could happen this year. And the Astros go back to back. I feel like we're going to be that team to do it since the late 90s, early 2000 Yankees. So I do want to see that happen. You know, I love and I live for them moments in the postseason. I think everybody, you know, the regular season's all nice and things, but when we get to the postseason, the Astros are just a different breed when it comes to that time. Yeah, you got to turn on a different switch for sure. Okay, now it's our turn. 
what are we going with? What 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 is your hot take for the early predictions of the Astros this coming year? Any potential players? What what are we saying for you? What are you going to start off with? Putting you on the spot right now for the listeners. My hot take would be is that Framber Valdez wins the Cy Young. Astros go back to back. Ronel Blanco becomes the Astros' this starter. Wow. I'll go no cap with them first two. I do see Cy Young award potential and Framber Valdez. He was in the top five last year. I see that. Going back to back, I see it too because this team's just too damn good. I feel like we got stronger. Everybody came back, like I mentioned. I got to go cap on that last one, though. I, I feel like Ronel Blanco is going to be stretched out soon. He's going to – that's why I say I think he's going to take that same approach as uh, Christian Javier. We'll see him in that bullpen eat two to three innings. And, you know, if that shows do need a – five a number five starter he will jump into that fifth uh starting role in the rotation so i could see that happen what about you i'll go my take is i will say the astros will go back to back jose altuve wins another silver slugger award and the astros will trade for a starting pitcher in the trade deadline what do you say i'll say no cap Again, how we were saying, we have top confidence that the Astros will go back-to-back uh, World Series. I feel like Atul is too hard on himself as a hitter to not improve and not get better. So I could see that. I feel like he's always about... Hit over 300 for the first yeah. time since 2018 last and, year, too. And I, and if you would ask him again, just because of his world, about like postseason play, like he'll tell you he had a bad season. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like he's always willing to work, always to get better. And trade for starting pitcher, you said? Yeah, and that trade in the trade deadline, I think the Astros will trade for a starting rotation. I, I mean, can not starting rotation, but a starting pitcher. I can see it. I can see that happen, especially if, like, for example, guys don't don't pan out. Either make Marcella struggles again, or it's like shaky throughout the season, or if you know we just can't find that fifth guy. I can see that happening. Watch out, Dana Brown, Braves connection, Max Fried's on the last year of his contract. That could be a guy I think the Astros could go after. You don't think so? No. I don't. You really don't. I, like- I I see that I could see it because too, you can potentially if you don't get contract extension with Tucker, you could kind of give that money. I don't know if Max Free's gonna ask a lot. Or, you know, with the Dana Brown connection too with him and Freed. I don't know if that could help out. But if you do, you know, if Max Freed does come to Houston, he already has a World Series ring. He looks comfortable pitching at Minute Maid Park too when he was playing in that World Series. And if he does, just think about it. You got Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers Jr. You add Max Freed. That's four starters that could be capable of being a number one or a number two starter in a rotation somebody else's team. And then the fifth one, I mean, it's going to either be Luis Garcia or Jose Arquiti or Forrest Willie that's going to be traded to Atlanta for, for a guy like this. And then maybe even another big prospect. I mean, on paper, it looks nice, but I feel like the Braves see themselves in the World Series. So I wouldn't want to trade. That's um, very true, though. I, I don't want to trade my age to a, cont- a World Series contender and have him light me up <laughs> in the in the World Series. So now, I- the Braves aren't a World Series contender. I mean, it's impossible. You can't yeah. tell me it's not possible because yeah. that that's that. Con- I'm telling you, it's a connection right there with the Braves. So let me scratch your back. You scratch my eye, scratch your kind of thing. So, but that is all for cap and no cap segment. That was very fun. We'll do some more of those in the upcoming during the season, of course. We love doing these things. Our next one, we'll probably do one more 
Um, we'll do an early prediction one coming up before the season as well. We'll try to do, you know, who's going to be the MVP in the National League and American League, you know, all these other awards that will be given out in the year. But that is our time for the day. Thank you for listening and tuning in to our show. Have a marvelous Monday. Also, we want to mention we will be going back and recording two days a week. We will be doing that. I'm not sure if we're going to start this week or we'll start next week, but we will be doing two shows a week. And then after when it comes to the regular season, we'll we'll get back on track to doing um, coverage series by series. But that is all for today. Continue to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, things like that, wherever you get them. Continue to follow us, subscribe, leave us a rate, leave us a review, uh, follow us at Full Seam Ahead. Like I said, we'll be doing a giveaways, a bunch coming this season. Uh, we got our one-year mark coming soon, too, and opening day of March. So look out. We may we'll be throwing three, four, possibly five giveaways. You never know what we'll do here. But thank you for tuning in. Andrew, you have any last words to say before we leave? Again, well, thank you for listening. I know this was a pretty long episode. For shout-out to all of those who stay tuned throughout the entire time. You know, we appreciate your support. Again, leave some ratings, subscribe, share it with your friends. You know, we appreciate everything I do. Yeah, like he said, have a marvelous Monday.